Welcome to Foozled It. Each episode, I chat with a performer about their worst shows and discuss unqualified therapy. I'm your host, Rebecca Porter. This week's special guest is an actress and, I'm hoping, a Harry Potter fan. She's performed in musical short films and on stage, and recently was performing as a Slytherin prefect at Universal Studios Japan. Welcome to the show, Courtney Ward. Hi. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. And okay, this might be a really silly question, but you were working um, at Universal Studios Japan. Were you living Mm -hmm. in Japan? Yeah. For how long? Well, see, that's the thing. So I was on like a 13 month contract, but then I ended up getting injured. So I came home early. So it was like a big thing that was just really sad. But I mean, it, it worked out for the best, I guess, because like my grandma wasn't very well at the time. So it oh, kind no. of worked out that the time I came home, I was like, actually, it means I get to spend some time with her. So kind of worked out, but obviously not mm. great that I got injured. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. I was there for about five months, which I was meant to be there for a year, but I was there for about five, five months. So yeah, but still really loved my time there and still have so many amazing friends from there. Like there's two people that I worked with that when hopefully pandemic goes away, we can move to London together and new living together. So yeah, super positive experience. And I loved it and loved Japan as well because it was my first time going there. So mm. yeah, incredible country. Like definitely recommend to anyone who wants to be touristy and go visit, like definitely do. Is it, is it true that the food is incredible? Mm-hmm. Insane. So good and so fresh. Like you go to places like 7-Eleven, which in other countries is kind of like, that's where you go and there's nothing else to have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like you're drunk and you're walking yeah. home and you really need to eat food, but it's two o'clock in the morning and nothing else is mm-hmm. open. Yeah. That's like your last resort place. But in Japan, 7-Eleven is like, it's just incredible. Like you go in and it's the freshest food and the staff are always lovely. Wow. That does sound, I mean, I asked the question because I love food. Um, not like that I'm like an Epicurean or anything. I just really enjoy the process of eating and eating good food. So (laughs) the -hmm. big thing that has made me want to go to Japan is because I've just heard that the food is absolutely out of this Mm -hmm. world. So good. And, and so you, you came home and then obviously the pandemic hit. So Mm -hmm. of course, like could not go back uh, to Universal Studios. But I understand that you have been working with the New Works Playhouse Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. Which yeah. sounds like a really amazing project around helping people get their work of art out there and doing read-throughs and stuff. What yeah. made you want to work with them? So basically, actually, it does connect with Universal because two members of the core team, uh, like the founding core team, worked at Universal as well. So okay. one of the other girls worked with me. We're on slightly different shows, but we were like within the same kind of unit. So she was an actress there yeah. as well. And um, Robert was the dialect coach at Universal. So he was working as the dialect coach and he basically had had this idea for a long time. I think it's something like 10 years. He's had the idea for years, Um, but never really kind of knew when was the right time to go ahead with it. Um, But he'd written a play and got myself and Jesse involved in just doing like a Zoom table read of it last year. So Mm. we just did a read of his script and it went really well. And obviously he took it away and redrafted. And we did another read after that. 
But then mm. he kind of approached us and said, I've had this idea for a long time. If we start it now, because during a pandemic, an online platform sounds like a great idea. So yeah. now sound, it sounds like a good time to go. So do you want to join? And we agreed. Um, so yeah, and then we've had another core team member join since who actually joined as a former member and then was like, I want to do more. She went through like a little bit of a trial period and now she's joined and she's amazing. So there's four of us kind of running the whole thing. Um, but yeah, we, so basically we just facilitate um, table reads and digital productions of new writing because we feel like the industry can be such a difficult place to be, especially if mm -hmm. you're from a demographic where you can't get the same opportunities, um, whether that is through you know, race or gender or finances is a massive thing. There's so many talented people who just can't afford to go to mm -hmm. university or to a drama school or to have those same opportunities, you know, to like live in a big city like London or go to New York or LA. So we wanted to make an online platform where anyone can take part, regardless of who they are, where they're living, how much money they have. And as long as they are talented and they're easy to work with and they're collaborative, and they just want to create stuff with us, then, mm -hmm. then we'd love to have them. Uh, so there is like an audition and an interview process, but the whole process is free. So people mm -hmm. can apply for free, audition an interview for free, taking part is free. Um, and then whenever we do like a table read, it's like audience members can pay to be there, but it's on a pay what you can basis, again, to make it accessible for audience nice. members as well. So they can pay yeah. from one pound upwards to come and watch a table read of a brand new play. And we always do like a bit of a discussion after a table read as well. So people can get feedback directly to the writer, have a discussion about it, ask questions. Um, and digital productions, we were like, well, let's make the most of this year and kind of create a new format where it's, it's not like a live show that's being filmed and streamed, but it's also yeah. not like a short film. It's like a mixture of both. So it's a script that's designed for theatre but we're kind of filming it in kind of a short film kind of way and creating this kind of hybrid yeah just to make something really interesting because it gives you so many opportunities yeah based on the style and how many actors are involved and what locations you need and you can just create anything you want so yeah so we launched in August and I think we have around like 200 members now which is oh, amazing. Oh, wow, that's of like, incredible. Yeah, of like actors and writers. And once you're a member, then you can just, you know, for example, writers can submit a script. And once we've kind of been through the first process with that first script, if they write anything new, then they can just send it across to us straight away and we can give feedback and help support going through like the same process again. Um, and actors are just constantly being sent casting breakdowns all the time for these new kind of scripts that are coming through. And they just pick and choose which ones interest them and which ones appeal to like their casting bracket and yeah so it's just a really lovely collaborative bunch of people I, lo I love it too because um I feel like entertainment in particular like like quite specifically is one of those areas where it's very difficult to get roles or mm -hmm. to get films out there or sort of to break into the industry if you don't have experience but obviously yeah you can't get experience without going in that sort of perennial catch 22. Yeah. And so this kind of answers some of that of, well, at least you have some works of art, some, some plays that you've written that have been read through, or as an actor, you've been able to show some of your skills, even if yeah. it hasn't been on like a commercial or a TV show mm -hmm. or, or a pantomime or whatever, yeah. whatever sort of actual 
actual, in quotations, production. Yeah. But that's what's been so amazing because all of our members are so different. Like the, mm, mm. everyone's backgrounds are so different. Like we were literally having this conversation yesterday about how we have some people who are still in training. Um, so are, are literally, you know, currently at university or perhaps they couldn't afford to go to university, but are trying to kind of grab opportunity possible to get yeah, experience yeah. and we also have people who work we have people who work at ITV who are members and you know like people who have been in massive movies like I've auditioned people that I've been like I don't know why I'm auditioning you because you have a CV way better than mine so <laughs> I feel like really out of my depth <laughs> and the core team were all based in different countries so I'm in the UK oh, cool. Robert's in Japan Jesse's in Canada and Shelby's in the US so we have bases literally all over the world and it's like a good, proper it, international yeah, crew. Yeah. I love how enthusiastic you are. Like you're smiling the entire time <laughs> that you're talking about this. I love it. And, and I also, um, it sounds like the type of place that it's safe to sort of make mistakes and try things out, oh, yeah. which, um, again, I'm not sure the industry is particularly well known for. Like mm-hmm. you can't go and pitch an idea as like, I've got these three ideas. Like they're kind of brainy. Yeah. What do you like loony? What do you think? Like you can't mm-hmm. just sort of go like that. You have to have a really solid, properly worked out idea. And so to yeah. give that space where you, obviously I'm super into making mistakes because, you know, I make them all the time. Um, so being able to have that space where you can make mistakes. And um, so speaking of mistakes, mm-hmm. today we're talking about exit pursued by a bear. <laughs> terrible experiences with with exit Mm -hmm. and i understand you have a story for us yeah so this this one really is from quite a while ago like i had to really think about this one um but i was basically doing a show which didn't have much set basically the set was just a platform so no other set pieces <laughs> just a platform at the back of the stage just i guess to give some kind of dimension you know when you have a cast on there just just you know mix things up a bit so it was probably like a meter tall so not super tall probably a meter and a half in depth across the whole width of the stage right at the back um had three sets of stairs coming down from it so you had one in the center one on stage left one on stage right super simple um so we'd been through like tech and the dress run, everything was fine because obviously like tech is really important for spiking things, which is relevant in this case, you know, spiking <laughs> things for like, you know, setting lights on certain props or certain set pieces. And, you know, for anyone who doesn't know what spiking is, it's just marking out things on the stage with little bits of tape just so that you know where things are going to go and where to set lights for them and things like that. So, and also health and safety, which again, (laughs) bit of foreshadowing there. Um, (laughs) So yeah, so somehow we made it through tech and dress. The only complicated thing, I guess, was there was a lot of costume changes um, and fast ones, but other than that, very simple. So we get to the first show. And I think this, it was like a musical number that was quite near the start. So it was like a big kind of number and very intense, like very intense and very dark. Mm. And yeah, so we finished and I finished on the platform, kind of just off center Mm -hmm. and intense. 
looking into the audience, really intense moment, and then fade to blackout. And then, you know, when you wait for that beat and then you wait for the audience to start applauding. And then you have that moment of like, right now I can move because now we're in blackout. So I wait for that moment. Great, great number going well. And then I look down and I realize that the platform and the stairs have not been spiked. And I can't see anything. It's like full on pitch black. I cannot, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. I've lost all sense of purpose. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I don't know how to exit right now. Because obviously you, you then start thinking like, I have less than 10 seconds right now to get mm-hmm. off stage because mm-hmm. you've, you've kind of frozen at the end of that number. You've had that moment. Then there's a blackout. Audience starts applauding. You have a few seconds before the music starts coming up again for like the next number of like a transition piece of music or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to get off right now. And I don't know where I am. So I'm going through this thought process, which every actor has had at some point of like, how do I do this? How, how do I figure this out? So these, these were my thought processes. Okay. Cause I had three within this 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. The first one was maybe I can like put all of my weight into one foot and use my other foot to kind of gently tap, <laughs> tap out <laughs> where the edge is where the steps are. And I can just kind of feel my way down. And once you get the first step, it'll be okay. Um, Uh uh But I was like, no, that could take too long. And I don't want to (laughs) risk the lights coming up and I'm still here. And this was in like, I'm pretty sure I was in like a Victorian costume at this point. So I had like a massive dress on, (laughs) just like full on period costume. Um, So I was like, I I can't tap out where I'm going because that's going to take too long. So mm-hmm. then arguably I had my most stupid idea where I was like, maybe if I just commit to it, I can do a massive jump and clear <laughs> the whole platform and the stairs and just <laughs> land confidently or something. So like in my brain, I was thinking like, this seems logical. Cause you know, you think of like gymnasts who, if you mm-hmm, don't, mm-hmm. if you don't commit to something, you're not going to make it. So I was like, if I commit to it and just do a massive jump and like land on both feet, then that's better than me tentatively kind of working my way down and potentially injuring myself right mm-hmm. at the start of the show. And there's no understudies and it'll ruin everything. So I was like, mm-hmm. I better just commit and jump. But luckily I didn't do that because I was <laughs> like, that's too dangerous. I can't. So then I thought, well, what do you do in the circumstance when you're trying to go down some stairs and it's either super steep or it's you know, there's no handrail, like, what do you do? And I was like, well, you take your center of gravity down and you like, you sit and you kind of shuffle. So I was like, that's it. That's what I've got to do. So I'm in this kind of period dress and I sit down on the floor and kind of feel out roughly where I am on the platform and then start shuffling on my bum down the platform, (laughs) down the stairs and then shuffle off into the wing on stage right just shuffling my way like a dog with worms and yeah it was it was a great moment so just completely in the pitch black shuffling on my bum down some stairs off into the wings so uh yeah that was a great moment luckily obviously no one saw it worked I got off during the blackout no one noticed so 
I say it was successful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it went. My awkward bum shuffle exit. I love. I think my favorite part, two favorite parts of that story. One is the like idea one. Okay, it's going to take too long. So then, like the next improvement on idea one of feeling it was mm-hmm. like running <laughs> jump. <laughs> Just like what could be better than feeling? I know I'm just gonna go for it. I could have been a gymnast. This is gonna work. I don't know why it made sense. Bearing in mind, these all these thought processes have happened within like 10 seconds. So these Mm -hmm, were like mm -hmm. fast. These were like super fast. Oh my god, I need to get off right now. Do I commit and just jump? And I was like, no, that's too much. No, I can't. So yeah. So I, I think I dealt with it pretty well in the end. No one I, noticed. I feel like of those three, that was the best one. I mean, I can't think of anything better. Yeah. To be honest, I probably would have been there tapping and the lights mm-hmm. would have come up and I'd have been there like. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly. I, I, feel, I feel like you did the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Like what else could you do in that situation? Yeah, definitely discard the jump idea. That was mm. never going to happen, but. It's got to be one of the other two. So I'm glad I went with the one I did because it was, it was just a really fast kind of scoot off, like just on my bum, just like literally also, sliding my way off. I also love that like you got off the platform and then you didn't stand up. You just kept scooting. <laughs> I'll just keep going. It's faster this way. Well, it was so close to the wing that I was like, I might as well, because it's going to take me like two shuffles and I'm off. So I might as well. I'm already here. I'm already on the floor. I might as well just take two more big shuffles. Did you have to do anything with the costume? Because I'm imagining shuffling on your bum in like a big Victorian costume could have like not worked. (laughs) I think it was fine. I think it was just it was the fact that the skirt was black. So it picked up a lot of dust on the way mm. down and just picked mm-hmm. up a lot of dust and a lot of fluff and just random little bits. That, you know, stage, stages are dirty. They're covered in everything. So yeah, just just cleaned that little area, that, that little corner of stage. It's totally area. different color over there for some yeah. reason. Weird. It's just like a really clean like trail just going <laughs> off stage. <laughs> it's so, yeah, like... But- um- it's like when you see like brides with really long like veils and mm-hmm. trains and they're walking and you can you see like memes of like everything else is dirty and there's this like really <laughs> clean path with yeah. and the trains gone. But oh. I don't get why people have massive trains and then they have their weddings outside. I'm like, surely that's not a good idea. Like, oh yeah, like why? have you never just like swept your house? Like there's some really <laughs> basic activities that would have taught you that that's a bad idea. Yeah. Especially when you spend that much money on the dress and it's just like grass stains. Why not? That's a nice memory from my wedding. Let's do it. Let's do it. Whose fault is it anyway? So this is the segment of Foozled It where I, in my role as an unqualified therapist, (laughs) dispense really, really, truly life-saving therapy to you. Mm -hmm. I've had people tell me that it's changed their lives, that, you know, we're doing God's work here, like really helping out performers not feel so badly about these, you know, really horrible situations that they end up Mm -hmm. in. Um, And based on what you've said, uh, I'd like us 
to examine the mentality of the lighting crew. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the idea of the spotlight is really what caused this for you. Because, you know, with spotlights, there's one person on stage, you spotlight them, mm-hmm. you follow them around and then like follow them off stage so they know exactly where to go. And you almost use the spotlight as like, this is where you have to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I worry that your lighting crew maybe were very involved at the Oscars, for example, where, where there's a lot of spotlighting work, Mm -hmm. um, maybe very involved in other performances like that and weren't as prepared for a big cast. So they were thinking, well, Mm -hmm. we'll just spotlight everybody and then we'll just show them where to go off stage and it'll be fine. That's not how you do it with an ensemble. Uh, and so they didn't even think to like tape up the the set because they were like, well, we'll have the spotlight anyway, so it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other piece that I think we need to think about as well is uh, the lack of state of like setting proper, proper sort of stage mm-hmm. setting. What's the word I'm looking for? Stuff on stage, you know, yeah. like scenery and all that sort of thing, because since it was only <laughs> the, stuff. the stuff that belongs on the stage, <laughs> Because it was only the one platform, they just completely forgot. They were like, oh, yeah, there's basically nothing here to, to spike. So it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if there was like a shit ton of stuff on stage, yeah. like the outline of this tree needs to be spiked <laughs> and this everything. little thing on the ground, you need to know where it is. But they were just like, this is center stage. This is stage left. Mm-hmm. This is stage right. Good luck. <laughs> uh, so those are those are my two offerings for you mm-hmm. of what I think I think is the real problem here is. The prevalence yeah. of spotlighting, spotlights now in stage pr- productions, which there probably wasn't many years ago. And it probably mm-hmm. has to do with the vanity of um, actors and people in general, like like solo actors. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As well as the lack of proper uh, setting. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I'd, I'd say let's blame it on that. I think mm. it's it's. It went through a lot of stages, which I don't understand how it got to that point, quite honestly, because I'm like, okay, at the very top, why did stage management not like that's that's surely a big part of what they do is health and safety. So like, <laughs> why did no one think that that was a good idea, um, you know, to actually do health and safety practices? <laughs> And then also, you know, like you said, lighting, just incompetent when it comes to managing an ensemble, like terrible. Um, No, it was like, it was one of those things when you're on stage going through that process, you think we've been through a tech and address. How has no one brought this up yet? I like, I was like, how did I get through a tech and address and not bring this up yet? Like, how did it happen? So I think it may... Maybe we got through tech and dress and maybe it was all spiked. And then someone was plotting to kill me before the show. And maybe they just removed the tape because they were like, yeah, because there was no, oh, okay, we've cracked it now. So maybe there was no understudies. So maybe they wanted to take me out because then if I twisted my ankle, then someone would have to go on in in all of my roles, right? For the rest of the, because it was like. You know who I think this was? Who? I think, you know what, that 
sounds extremely Mm -hmm. realistic and very reasonable. Mm -hmm. Um, Stage manager. Who else would have the opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. And they always, Susan always dreamed of being an actor and just never got the opportunity. Like you were saying, (laughs) she, she was always Mm -hmm. backstage and was never sort of looked at as, as an actor and saw this as an opportunity to, to be able to go on stage. And I don't know if you Mm -hmm. noticed, but I have a feeling that every time you performed, you maybe could see her out of the corner of your Mm -hmm. eye, Yeah, you know, like mouthing your words and and sort of doing your motions. Am I right? Am I right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now it's all falling into place, isn't it? We've, we've cracked the case. Wow. Is it too late to report this or like, I mean, it, what? it might be, but let's, let's <laughs> see what we can do. <laughs> Where do we go from here? I, I don't know. This is a revelation. I never thought this is taking this it before. from comedy therapy to, to <laughs> com- comedy detective work. <laughs> like true crime. <laughs> like Literally my friends know that I, I live for like spy stuff. I can I'm one of those people that when they're confused about something, they're like, I don't know who this person is. I'm like, give me nine minutes and I will tell you everything. I'm like, I can, I live for this. Like it's got to the point now where within my friendship group, whenever someone does something kind of, whenever they find out some information, they go, I'm doing a Courtney. That's literally, it's been narrowed down to like, that's, that's, that's all I do now. <laughs> I'm the person that can find out information and be like, a secret agent but not secret because I tell everyone how good I am at being a secret agent (laughs) so like like a James Bond kind of secret agent where like the first thing you do when you get a case is you go find the baddie that you're supposed to be going (laughs) after and like introduce yourself to them and Mm -hmm. antagonize them yeah exactly that's it just like make an entrance because why not make make yourself very present they're gonna find out who you are eventually yeah why why be secretive Exactly. So you might as well just be stylish in the meantime and just milk the opportunity to, to feel I love cool. as you're saying this, you keep like doing a motion over your head and I'm just imagining you as a spy wearing this like massive crown. <laughs> oh. Like coming, you're like, I've decided spying is now very out in the open. We don't yeah. live in the shadows anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for real, like this, okay, this is, good information right if you go to mi5's website you can take tests that Mm -hmm. they like provide for you online that are like like half an hour long it's like they'll give you a case and you have to then take a test Um, and and i took one a couple of years ago and it recommended that i apply i'm not at all surprised so they they were literally like yeah you should come apply so and i've been riding off that ever since i've just been like yeah well i passed the test guys (laughs) Like backup just, career. If this acting thing doesn't yeah. quite play, plan out the way you're hoping, your backup career is literally mm-hmm. to be a spy. I'm at the point where I'm like, is this a special skill? Like, does Spotlight accept it? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I would put it in Who just knows? in case. Because then maybe you can get cast <laughs> in all of these awesome like spy detective thrillers. Yeah, exactly. I say detective. I'm well aware that being a spy and being a detective are totally <laughs> different jobs. <laughs> I have watched enough James Bond and enough Luther to know that they're very different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also like, are you one of those people? I feel like everyone has their genre when you're watching a TV show or a movie or something. And they're talking about a subject that you know something a little bit about and you start calling out all of their mistakes and you're like, why would you do that? That's stupid. And like, 
I can't remember what I was watching. I was watching something with my mum recently and it was like a detective kind of thing. And I, I, whenever the criminal would like do something, I'd be like, actually, that's quite a smart move. I'd be like, well done. <laughs> like that, that was, that was quite sneaky. Like no one's going to find that out. Like, good job. You covered your tracks well. And I was like, maybe I'm like, I can use my powers for good or for evil. I'm not quite sure. Like spy or criminal, like mm-hmm. who knows? Could go either way at this rate. But I mean, I've just exposed myself. So now everyone's going to know. But it's always, it's always a toss up there. Like Sherlock Holmes always mm-hmm. said he would be a great criminal. It's a dilemma we all face. So coming back to our theme of <laughs> exit pursued by a bear, the historical foozle this week is not super historical. It's from the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but given the popularity of this musical, I've seen it. I absolutely love it. I wanted to call it out because also the the actors in this are are also amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the year is two thousand and four. The musical is Wicked, and at the end of a song, <laughs> Elphaba and Galinda are hugging for some reason mm-hmm. because they now love each other. <laughs> and and they really go for it and somehow get attached to each other, like physically, like their mics wow. attach or their their wigs or something like physically they can't separate. But as you say, it's the end of a number mm-hmm. and then attached to each other. They have to figure out how to get off stage and they're laughing and they're having a great time. So they they did they did end up sort of hobbling off stage, still stuck together. Love it. But I just I love the visual of this like very big production, mm-hmm. lots going on, very high budget. We've probably all yeah. seen it. If not, like go see it. And then, and then these two people like hobbling off stage. <laughs> I'm imagining like joined at the head like Siamese twins. Like <laughs> it's great to see that it happens at all stages. No one's immune exactly. to it. No one is immune. No matter what level you're at, these things happen. And we it love could it. happen to anyone. That's the joy of the historical foozle is that like, yeah. it just proves that it's not just you. Mm-hmm. It's yep. all and, of us. And that someone's always done it before and someone will always do it after as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, I had a similar thing. It wasn't an exit. It was actually mid number, but I was doing panto and I had this massive like ball gown dress that was kind of like a cage. And <laughs> I was at the back of the, was at the back of the stage and it was like in a second we were going to do the dance and kind of move to the front of the stage but one of the ensemble was behind me and got her leg stuck in the dress so she was like on the floor trying to untangle trying to untangle her foot from the dress so but luckily the dress was so wide that it blocked her from the audience so no one knew so myself and (laughs) prince charming there had to just stand and wait until (gasps) Before we moved on to the next bit. So I get the feeling of just having someone like attached to you and just, just having to style it out. Because what else are you going to do? I kind of love that though. It is one of my favorite things about theater, which is so funny because, like, in my own life, I, I'm one of those people that quite likes to be in control and, mm. you know, I can get quite anxious. But when I'm on stage, when stuff goes wrong, I'm like, yeah, adrenaline. I don't know why it's so different. It'd be I'm, awesome. Yeah, literally, like anyone that's worked with me knows that whenever something goes wrong, I'm like, well, that was fun. What a great time. <laughs> Obviously, not like seriously wrong, like mm-hmm. no one's getting like injured or whatever. But um, yeah, 
just those little things that the audience doesn't really know, but you all know. It's like a little inside joke. I kind of love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love, I do love how much of theater is surprisingly improv. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. there's so many, even like researching this and there's so many theater experiences where like something goes wrong and they spend like 10 minutes on stage, like improving it because yeah, yeah, somebody's shoe is caught in your dress and you have to, you can't move. So you're just like, Hmm, what do we do now? Thank you so much for joining us, Courtney. This has been just a blast covering every topic under the sun with you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I've had the best time. Wonderful, wonderful. And I hope uh, we've helped you realize that that thumb shuffling experience, obviously you made the right decision. Because <laughs> um, I think if you went for number two, that would have been what the stage director wanted you to yeah. do. And then, yeah. and then you would have had to give up your play. Um, a reminder that Courtney is one of the founding members of the New Works Playhouse. Please go on, support them. As she said, they do readouts for only a minimum of a pound um, a show. Pay what you can. So please go and find them there on Instagram. It's the New Works Playhouse. And if you want to know more about Courtney, follow her. She's at Courtney M. Ward. A reminder, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, give us five stars, give us a review and subscribe so that you always have the latest episode in your inbox. Thanks for joining us and keep boozling it. <laughs>